0: What's going on, Aaron? Hey, what's going on, brother? Not much, man. You ready to get this thing started? Yeah, I'm good. All right, what's good, everybody? It's your boy, Big Baby Jonathan. Welcome to today's latest edition of the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast Show. Online right now, i got Aaron Larsell, the host and producer of the official Laker podcast. How's it going, man? Not bad. I'm doing great, man. In today's show, we're going to talk about how can Anthony Davis and LeBron James coexist and who who is the toughest challenge for Lakers. So, Aaron... How can Anthony Davis and LeBron James coexist this year? Well, I, I think in a
1: lot of ways, um I think they're they're a really good fit, perhaps even a great fit, as far as having two of the best players in the NBA. Uh, they're both it's gonna be devastating, I think, in the first in the first way you can look at it. Devastating in the pick and roll. Um and and we've seen and and we've heard and I've seen Anthony Davis is working a lot on his three-point shot opening up some pick and pop opportunities they're also really really Anthony Davis is a really good kind of secondary uh shot creator for other people is a good passer ball handler etc so I think having Anthony Davis as a big as I said working on that that three-point shot is going to open up quite a bit of things for uh for the Lakers offensively and then defensively, Anthony Davis is one of the best shot blockers in the league, uh, can cover up for a lot of mistakes that people may make on the perimeter or, you know, frankly, LeBron and rightfully so because he's played so many minutes um, in the playoffs and in the regular season. um, You know, sometimes he has to ramp down the effort level on defense a little bit and save it for high leverage moments, but Anthony Davis, as I said, is one of the best weak side defenders in the league, one of the best shot blockers in the league, so his ability to cover up for mistakes or times when the effort isn't there, is going to be great for the Lakers. Yeah,
0: I totally agree with you, Aaron. Anthony Davis, LeBron James will coexist. Anthony Davis could post up. But last season, he shot a lot of jumpers. I think this year he should go in the post more and dominate like a Shaq or a or Pal Gasol in the paint. Because Anthony Davis, is one of the, actually, he is the best power forward in the league, in my opinion. He's so versatile, he can post up, pick and pop. And if he can get... Going with LeBron, it's going to be a scary sight for the league, man.
1: Yeah, I I agree 100. percent Now I think that you're going to see a lot. Of, I think pick and roll between uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron is going to be one of the uh, the the hallmarks of, of the Lakers' offense. I think it's going to be the thing you're going to see most. Um, you know, post ups. Anthony Davis is a good post up player, um, but I think you want to you know shy away from that a little bit because mm-hmm. one, they're they're inefficient plays Um, even as good as Anthony Davis is they're still not as efficient as other things and uh, one of LeBron's strengths is and Kuz's strengths is going to be getting to the basket so I I don't know that you're going to want to clog up the lane so much now obviously you're going to have to vary your approach and there's definitely going to be sometimes where Anthony Davis is down in the post but I I think we're going to especially early in the year you're going to see a lot of spread pick and roll from the Lakers with you know Kuz with Danny Green uh, even with Quinn Cook sometimes, with, with some of the Lakers' really new shooters uh, that are going to be spaced out at the three-point line. I think you're going to see a lot of spread, pick, and roll with, with LeBron and, and AD. Yeah, man. Le- LeBron
0: needs shooters around him. He had shooters in Miami and Cleveland. So we got great shooters like Dan Green, Quinn Cook. But for you, who do you think is going to have the brightest spot
1: on the new team? Quinn Cook, Dan Green, or Avery Bradley? Uh, I think Danny Green um, you know he's he's playoff tested obviously won a championship with uh, with Kawhi and the Spurs uh, in San Antonio with with Kawhi last year in in Toronto so I think Danny Green uh, one of the he was great last year as a as a standstill shooter Uh, you know I, I think a lot of people think he's kind of you know just a shooter but that's not true he's also a really good defensive player but you know he's not a a guy that likes to come off picks and and do all that. Not with a lot of motion, uh, not a lot of of ball handling. But as far as a get your feet set, you know, standstill shooter, they Danny Green is about as good as they come. So I think he's going to provide a lot of space for LeBron and Anthony Davis to operate. Obviously, I expect to see him in the starting lineup. Um, and then you know Quinn Cook is going to be he's going to shoot it too he he uh he's not afraid of the moment we've seen that in the playoffs you know in his time with golden state he's a guy that is a high 30s low 40s three-point shooter also so i think he depending on you know his burden as far as being a backup point guard how much ball handling responsibility he's gonna have um, you're gonna see i think you're gonna see quinn cook make a lot of jump shots too avery Bradley, you know he was kind of a tale of of two years last year um you know he wasn't great with the Clippers. Had fallen off a little bit defensively. It looked to me like that was due to injury. Um, and uh, towards the end of last year, got bought out and and um, was better towards the end of last year. So I think it's it remains to be seen. I really like the Avery Bradley signing. I think there's some good signs that he can get back to the level where he was a few years ago. Uh, obviously, Laker fans will will remember the the Celtics days. Um, where Avery Bradley was really one of the best defensive players in the league. And interestingly enough, I know we're going to talk about this in a, in a little bit, um, with who's going to challenge the Lakers and, and who are the, going to be some of the best teams in the West. I think one of the best teams in the West, especially once you get to the playoffs, is is going to be the Warriors again. Uh, but Avery Bradley was one of the biggest pests and one of the guys that was most difficult on Steph Curry and on Clay Thompson, but Steph specifically uh, in his days in, in Boston. So I think it's interesting from that perspective as well.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, Aaron, on that one. Avery Bradley's a great defender, and he can guard in a playoffs. Let's say he play the Clippers in a playoffs, so you guard a Paul George, a Kawhi in because Avery Bradley – when Kobe played, Avery Bradley was giving Kobe fits. You know what I mean? He's that tough, grind-out player that we need to win a
1: championship. Uh, yeah, I think that's exactly right. That kind of uh... – you know, it's good to have some time. And and you mentioned the Clippers. The Clippers have are also probably um, you know, title contenders. Mm-hmm. Um and they have those guys, you know. They they have Pat Bev and they had Avery Bradley, but they have Patrick Beverly and they have uh Kawhi Leonard and they you know, they have those kind of aggressive defensive guys on the perimeter, which as you mentioned you need to, to win a title. So hopefully uh Avery Bradley can get back to that level. Cause he was definitely one of those guys. And uh, so we'll see if he can get back to that, that level. I think the signs are good. Like I said earlier, I, I think that a lot of his, his fall off was, was due to uh, injury. He had some you know, lower body injuries and he seems to have turned the corner with that. So I expect, and I hope he'll be back to that level where he is one of the best defensive perimeter defensive players in the league again.
0: Yeah, he's gonna be a great defender. But now let's talk about who can challenge the Lakers in the Western. Or who, what's the toughest challenge the Lakers gonna have in the Western Conference?
1: I mean, the, the West is <laughs> the West has been tough for the last few years, and I, I think it just got tougher uh, now. Um, I talked about the Warriors earlier. Obviously, we have to see how D'Angelo Russell fits in with the guys, and Clay Thompson is gonna be uh, out probably until February or so. So I, I think the Warriors are going to take a little while to acclimate in the regular season, but I think the Warriors are going to be very dangerous again uh, in the post season. I think Steph is being underrated. I, I expect either Steph or LeBron to win MVP this year. Obviously the Clippers have had done a lot, obviously got, got Kawhi and, and got Paul George um, and re-signed Pat Bev and still have Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell who were one and two in the, in the sixth man of the year. Um, I think their weakness is going to be in, in the middle a little bit, but obviously the, the Clippers are, are going to be uh, right there challenging. And then Denver, who was who was second in the, the West last year, has a lot of continuity, has the playoff experience. Nikola Jokic, obviously, is a really good player. Jamal Murray and Gary Harris. Um, and they battled a lot of injuries last year. So the continuity of the Nuggets, and they were already good last year, I think the Nuggets are going to be right there again. Um, and then Utah – Um, you know, getting Mike Conley, uh, to already a 50 win team and Bogdanovich adding, so they kind of reloaded too. So I expect them to be really good. I think it's going to be really interesting with Houston. Um, I think Russell Westbrook is a better player than Chris Paul, but I think Chris Paul probably fits better with James Harden. So that's going to be really interesting to see how those two guys mesh. Obviously, I mean, the, the talent there can be overwhelming, um, I think Houston takes a little bit of a step back. I think they'll still make the playoffs. I think the team that really takes a step back is is Portland. Um I'm not buying Portland. I mean they've been they were in the Western Conference Finals last year. Um, but I don't think I, I think those rest of the teams that I mentioned are gonna are gonna be a cut above the Blazers. But you know, I, I think you know, any one of those teams could, could potentially win the West. But uh I think you know, going into this year, I think it's Lakers and Clippers, kind of 1-2 in whatever order you want to put as far as as far as far winning the West. Um, not necessarily in the regular season, but as far as teams most likely to win the West, I think it's the Lakers and the Clippers in whichever order you want to put them in.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, Aaron, on that one. But for me, man, I feel like the Clippers are going to be our toughest toughest challenge because they got Kawhi, Paul George, Montroseiro, Zubac, they got all these guys. But I just feel like Paul George and Kawhi, okay, you guys want to do a team up, AD and LeBron, let's make it a rivalry. But speaking of that, do you think it's a rivalry yet?
1: Clippers and Lakers yet? Uh, I mean, on, on the court, yes. But as far as, uh, you know, for like the, the heart and soul and mind of Los Angeles, no, I, I, the Clippers could win a bunch of titles in a row. And and that's like, that's like that battle, that war has already been fought and won by the Lakers. So, um, you know the the Clippers have been better than the Lakers you know throughout the Lob City era and what the last five six years the Clippers have been better and still there's you know 10 Lakers fans to every Clipper fan so (laughs) no I I don't think it's a rivalry you know in Los Angeles Um, but as far as on court yeah I do think it is kind of developed into a rivalry and as the stars that you mentioned have joined both teams I think that matters to the guys and you know, the NBA and its scheduling clearly thinks it's a rivalry or clearly thinks it's going to be good for TV and that they're two of the best teams in the league as they play are going to play opening night at a quote. I'm uh, You can't see this because it's a podcast, but I'm putting up air quotes as I say this. Quote a Clippers home game in the opener and then the Lakers will host uh, the rematch on Christmas Day.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a great, great season for the Lakers, man. I can't wait for the season, but I got to ask you about LeBron. Okay. Um, what What's the uh... – Vibe like over there at the facility with LeBron. It, does he see all the noise? That he's being criticized, or is he just keeping his head
1: down, just working on his game? Um, yeah. I mean, like it's people that say they don't like see the, anybody talking about them or criticizing them. Um, these guys, players, not just LeBron specifically, but everybody. These guys are all human beings, and uh, it's human nature to notice. Some guys are better at putting it aside and not having it affect them. LeBron is one of those guys. LeBron notices it, but he is a master of using that as motivation and a master at taking only the the amount of it that he needs as motivation and putting that into his work. Um, So LeBron has been busting his ass, getting ready for the season. But, you know, look, everybody sees what's said about them. Guys that tell you they're not, in my experience, guys that tell you they don't see Mm -hmm. are lying. Um, but as I said, LeBron is a master at being one of those guys that you know can notice what's going on around him and have it not rule the day, but also using the parts of it that he needs for for motivation. So um, I expect a really good season from LeBron. As I said, uh, I think I think it's uh, between him and Steph. I think those are the two guys that are most likely to win MVP. And you know, I <laughs> LeBron is not taking a backseat to anybody. I, I think. I think it's fair to expect LeBron to kind of reestablish himself, assuming health, mm-hmm. to kind of reestablish himself as the best player in the NBA.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like LeBron is noticing that certain people on certain sports shows talk about him. He sees it, and I feel like he's going to prove everybody that talked about him this whole summer wrong. And I just feel like this Lakers team, man, is going to be something special from day one. When all this stuff was happening with stuff that's going on. In Lakerland, I had all the faith in the world in the front office from day one. Jeannie Buss, Rob Polinka, Kurt Rambis, Linda Rambis, man. I have all the faith in them. And I knew they were going to get a championship contending team because Jeannie Buss loves her Lakers. So I knew that she was going to bring this – get this team back to where it needs to be. But for you, man, would Jeannie Buss be the first female owner
1: to win the NBA championship if the Lakers won it this year? Um, in in the NBA, yes. Um, I don't – I think uh... – I think Marge shot one, one with the Reds and uh, did, I think Georgia fontier before the Rams who got their title in S- St. Louis. She, uh, they, she won one in the NFL, but yeah, I think she certainly will be uh, the first in the NBA. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but I think in the next year or two, um, I think, look, I think the Lakers are right there. And I, according to Vegas, they go back and forth with the Clippers as to who is the, the favorite to win the title. Um, so I think the Lakers have a good shot this year. Will it be this year specifically? Who knows? But I think this iteration of, of the Lakers with Anthony Davis and with LeBron, um, I think it's very likely that they uh, bring a banner to, to Los Angeles and, and Jeannie gets gets her first title as the honor.
0: Yeah, she deserves it. She's she been through a lot. She's A lot of media been saying some stuff about her. I've been going back and forth with people on Twitter and stuff, man. Cause she deserves the title. She, we haven't won once in 2010 and that would be, that would be bittersweet for her to hold up the trophy, win another ring. And LeBron will be happy too, man. because he's been, this Laker team has been through a lot. We deserve a championship, man. We deserve a lot. We deserve a championship.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I guess, uh, there's, there's uh, have you seen, are you familiar with the, the, uh, the movie unforgiven? No, I have no. All right. So it's, uh, it's a Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, It's a a Western. It won Best Picture. Mm -hmm. Uh, Morgan Freeman's in it. And and basically, I don't want to give anything away to anybody who hasn't seen it. But um, there's a scene at the end where Clint Eastwood is uh, taking care of some some people in a bar that have uh, done him dirty. And he kind of, you know, gets rid of everybody. And one of them says, I don't deserve this. And he says, deserves got nothing to do with it. So. I don't know if des- I don't know if the Lakers deserve a title but I know that the Lakers are definitely working towards it and uh are have put themselves in a really really good position and they should be uh they should be cheered well you mentioned Jeannie and Rob and Linda et cetera et cetera that uh they should all be cheered for the really good work that they've done and that's what's going to win the Lakers a title is the work that they are putting in the work that you know you mentioned and I mentioned LeBron is putting in and anthony davis and and coos has been busting his ass this summer too coos is a tireless worker So I don't know. Uh you know, every I I would guess every fan base would say they deserve it, but what I do know is people that can do something about it for the Lakers to bring that title back to Los Angeles are doing everything they can to do so.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that one. there one more quick question before you we get fun on here. What is your thoughts about the return of Dwight Howard?
1: Uh you know, I think that I I look I I think the first thing is that a lot of the consternation that the fan base has about Dwight Howard is somewhat overblown because uh, I think so, built into some of that is the expectations for that season. And, and Steve Nash was hurt and Dwight, you know, the, the season didn't go as everybody hoped it was going to be after, you know, they, they everybody thought that that was a super team that was being put together. So I think Dwight has had to wear a lot of that, has had to carry a lot of that frustration That, you know, should, if it's fair, some of it to go to him, but should be spread around a lot. Um, And Dwight was pretty good when he was here. He led the NBA in rebounding, uh, scored well, and he's been good when he's played since. Um, I think it's, uh, we talked about post-ups earlier. There's been a reputation that he's been wanting to play in the post a lot, but um, he has said all the right things about fitting in. He was still the most, obviously the most talented guy left. And as I said, he said the, the he said the right things about fitting in, and you know he talked with uh, with Rondo and talked with LeBron, and they had a players only kind of meeting, and they he was able to convince those guys um, that he was going to fit in, and that he had you know kind of hit rock bottom and had turned the corner and was here for the right reasons and was ready to do whatever was asked of him. So you know if you convince LeBron and convince Rondo, that's good enough for me. Um, but I, you know, if, if he is healthy and I haven't seen him, uh, in any in person yet, but I've seen a lot of some video, if he is healthy, I don't, I'm not sure he is, but it looks to me like he is, but I haven't seen him in person yet, but for all indications are that he's healthy. And if he's healthy, um, and is willing to, as he says, accept his role, then I think it can be a really good signing because when he has been healthy recently, even though he's been on a bunch of teams, he has still been a, an effective NBA basketball player. And there were not a lot of those guys, big guys, left that were still effective NBA basketball players. So, I like the signing. Plus, the you know, there's not a lot of risk for the Lakers. Uh, basically, it's he's making close to fifteen thousand dollars a day, no guarantees. Every day he's on the roster from April twenty, or excuse me, from uh, October twenty first on. So, uh, there's not a lot of downside for the Lakers. And if it doesn't work out, they can go in a different direction. But I'm, I'm you know, cautiously optimistic about it.
0: Yeah, for me, um, Aaron, I like to pick up Dwight Hark brings energy. And for us to win a championship, we need rebounding, defense. And I feel like he's going to bring it. And LeBron is going to be throwing him loves. And LeBron's going to be making him better. Like, you know how every time LeBron has a teammate, they get better and improve? I feel like Dwight's going to improve on this team. Like you said, if he doesn't pan out, we can just cut him. And it doesn't go on the salary cap. So this is a make or break year for Dwight Harris. So I feel like he's going to shine out and he's going to produce at a high level. So I want to thank you, Aaron, for coming on, man. So go ahead and give out your social media so they can follow you. Uh,
1: all of it is at Aaron Larsoul on Twitter, on, uh, on Instagram, A-A-R-O-N-L-A-R-S-U-E-L. That's a, you can catch up with me all there. I take all pictures of my Lakers stuff and I'm on the road with the team taking pictures and sending stuff back and, uh, tweeting about the Lakers and, uh, well, right now, college football and the NFL and, uh, you know, my, my Oakland A's and, and this non Antonio Brown nonsense. Who I see the Raiders just cut him, so it looks like he won't be playing Monday night. But, yeah, at Aaron Larsul, A-A-R-O-N-L-A-R-S-U-E-L, link to the official Lakers podcast. And uh, you can see tweets and pictures of me going around the world and traveling with the Lakers and hanging out and talking basketball.
0: All right, thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure, and talk to you soon.
1: My pleasure. Be good, brother.